0: I think like because we all face adversities in our life, you know, we all have some sort of trauma, you know, uh, whether that's mental or physical. And I think trauma is what forges you, though. I think we have to look trauma in the face and say, that sucks. But thank you. I'm now a different person because of this trauma. And I can't speak to like mental trauma, but I can speak to physical trauma. And I can say like that absolutely forged who I am. I can't feel my feet and screw it. I'm going to post hole my way through the snow that I can't feel. And we're going to get through this and I'm going to hike. I'm not great at hiking because of that, because I don't have this or that muscle group, but you can do it, man. It's like it's a lot it's a lot better than, uh, you know, having to mentally push through a, a horrible job.
1: was Greg Dunham. Guys, this episode is going to be phenomenal. So wherever you may be, in your car, in your house, on the trainer, on your bike, just tune in and enjoy. Before we get into it, um, you guys have heard the spiel, but Moxie Nutrition is one of the sponsors of the podcast. Now, if you go on to their site, And at checkout, hit STOKE podcast, that's all caps, and get 15% off. Now, Hydromag, Phytolite, Osmocarb, guys, these are phenomenal on-the-bike and off-the-bike supplements to help you improve in your fitness journey, whatever that may be. And here we go, guys. Let's get into it. Um, This is Greg Dunham on the STOKE podcast. Go. all right welcome to the stoke podcast everyone today i have greg dunham on and uh i'm super excited to you know dive into another conversation with a with a ordinary guy doing extraordinary things so what's up Hey how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um so um Greg you're just a cycling enthusiast. Yeah.
0: I think that's that's a good word for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um where where are you located right now?
0: So I live in Thousand Oaks, California. Um I moved out here about 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago. And I had the opportunity to finally move to Los Angeles area. I'm a producer, so that's what I do for my day job. And finally moved out to LA 10 years ago and decided to not live in LA proper and actually decided to live where there were amazing trails. So Thousand Oaks is located, if anyone knows where Malibu is, basically you throw a stone over the Santa Monica mountains and you hit Thousand Oaks. So within 10 seconds, I could be on a trail. And that trail network is just thousands of miles of trail networks. When you think of that, think of public land and and open space, but actually it's a paradise of open space. There is a mountain range that runs from Santa Monica proper all the way to, they call it Point Magoo, but like Camarillo. And it's about 40 to 50 miles of mountain range. And that's in the heart of LA. I mean, the Hollywood mountains, that is the Santa Monica mountains. And so that's a playground for cyclists. And so there'll be a day I'm out on the backbone trail, which runs the length of that. And it's amazing. The canyons, I'm not a road cyclist. I like riding gravel, but the roadies love it out here. You know, you got like training camps out here. The pros come out here and train because it really is 300, not this year, but 365 days pretty much of cycling this year. It's been a monster storm season and we're about to get another one but yeah it's uh pretty much most of the year you can cycle
1: nice and uh so that's a just... long
0: answer to sorry
1: no 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 <laughs> that's, that's a very okay long answer to where i live no that's i want it to be that way um and yeah. so you guys are getting weather in california as well
0: snow oh yeah it's uh snowmageddon season up here uh southern california i mean we it dusted us so the news made a huge deal out of it I live at about 600 feet elevation, but uh, the mountains around us, so like the sand, about 3,300 feet. Uh, The mountains behind us in the backcountry, you know, top out at 8, 9, 10, 11,000. And so those have been stocked in, man, like feet of snow, which is super highly unusual.
1: Yeah, I saw a video of uh, Lake Tahoe.
0: Oh, man, that's...
1: (laughs) yeah for i just saw this um we were just in um fountain hills with a buddy and he's like hey have you seen yeah. lake tahoe i'm like no what's going on he showed me a a reel um uh, on yeah. instagram of like the house is literally
0: buried yeah yeah they're building like trail tunnels to their houses i have a friend that lives in Truckee, and he moved to Truckee from uh colorado when he was you know like 20 to be a ski bum and he's like, because, like, if you learned how to ski in Colorado, the real place to go for real snow is, like, is that Tahoe area. If you grew up in Colorado doing backcountry stuff. Like, anyway, I don't do skiing or snowboarding or any of that stuff. But, yeah, apparently it's paradise. And anyway, he sent me a picture uh, one year. This is not even this year where his house, you know, he's, like, shoveling snow off of the roof of his house. But it's the snow pile is just as high. It's crazy. They can that get is buried. Crazy. Yeah. So, but this um, year, all over the state, rain and snow, mudslides, the National Forest local here, Los Padres, is closed until like May, just because of storm damage, which is a super bummer, but...
1: Really? And yeah. what is the concern? Is it uh, like mudslides? Is it just over... Is it snow?
0: Yeah. It's... I mean, the Angeles National Forest didn't take that big of a hit. They also probably get more money. The Los Padres is pretty huge. It come it. It spans from the backcountry of Santa Barbara and Ojai all the way up to Big Sur area. So that's a pretty vast area on the map. And I think they just don't have the staffing or funding. And I think they're super scared of people doing something stupid. But I don't know. I'm I'm pretty I don't want to be political, but I think that that's kind of stupid to shut a national forest down because you're afraid. I mean, I don't know. I guess there's a lot of dumb people out there. And initially they were concerned probably because of like rescues but i feel like it's it's time to open back up time yeah. to get out there and re- repair the trails there's a lot of organizations working really hard to scout and repair trails and so if you don't open it up i mean it's never it's never going to be perfect like we get fires out here and then the you know the fire burns all the chaparral and that creates like a waxy surface and then the rain just wipes it all off the mountain And it's never, there's never a perfect forest condition out here. There's always roads just kind of blown out.
1: Yeah. uh, And that's the thing is you're taking up a handful of people, you know, who that's their outlet, you know, it's not going to the mall or it's not going to the movie theater. Yeah, exactly. I need to get on and do a you know, 10, 15, 20 mile mountain bike ride in the forest. We faced the same problem um, originally me and my fiance lived in Flagstaff, Arizona, which if you're yeah. familiar with, yeah, it's, oh yeah. <laughs> dude, um, well, we, we it's kind of unlucky every year we've kind of lived there. It's been like you get no snow and you're kind of riding these awesome gravel roads all winter and it's kind of cold right. and single tracks kind of open cause it's still kind of wet. And then as soon as it gets hot enough, really they close the forest down because, uh, it's, wow, it's too dry and, you know, there's a forest fire and it's all ponderous. Yeah. So I, I, it's so frustrating, you know, it's like, you know, you spend all winter waiting for summer to come so you can ride your mountain bike. <laughs> and then it's just like the forests are closed. It's like, you know, you're waiting for that good movie to come out and the theaters are like, right. Nah, it's, we're not going to open know. you know.
0: This is the first like forest closure aside from COVID that we've dealt with. And it's a super bummer, you know, cause it's epic conditions out there right now. It's like so green. It looks like Ireland out in Southern California yeah. right now. It's freaking epic and wildflowers popping everywhere. But I got to, like I, you talk about the weather in the Flagstaff area. I, I was super concerned about opinions and pines because of that. I guess it always a pretty epic history of crazy weather turn yeah but i got i guess last year we got lucky with amazing weather it was i was stoked to ride all that all those trails the AZT there is amazing uh, isn't it
1: it's like oh my god the environmental changes that you that you go through and i mean 50 miles you know north oh, yeah. south east and west i mean you just completely change and you drop down from the colorado plateau and flagstaff down yeah. into the well i live now in cottonwood so if you do okay the, yeah yeah, I've so been now in I, yeah i live there and so uh, i mean it's 70 degrees right now
0: oh it's amazing <laughs> yeah in
1: flagstaff it's it's completely snow so like the yeah environmental changes are are crazy drastic but um yeah yeah we so it's cool that you live in the
0: San, it's the santa monica mountains right yeah, really? I the Santa Monica mountain. I, yeah, roughly. Yeah, it's Thousand Oaks. It's suburbia, you know, it's yeah. considered like a suburbia area. But we have, I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say thousands of miles of trails. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like, you know, the North Valley. So when you hear about the valley, you know, like Valley Girl or Valley Boy, you know, you hear yeah, about that. Yeah. It, you know, it's north of the valley. Okay. And you crest over and you enter another valley called Conejo Valley. And When you're leaving Los Angeles and headed north, it really is an instantaneous. You leave the valley, and all of a sudden, the highways, you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere, these huge rolling hills. And we have steep hills out here, man, like, oh, for real steep. Like, 15 to 20% is, like, normal, you know, on these crazy, steep, steep hills. And so, I think, you know, I don't have elevation out here, but I think the only my only method of like training is heat in the summer and steepness, right? Like to hang with anyone to be able to hang with anyone from like Colorado. Yeah. Plus I get to ride all year.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's such a, such a cool thing about kind of the Southwest is, you know, the availability to just ride your bike all year long. Um, so we went to, you know, quick and dirty, um, that yeah, that's, bike was like a series yeah the filthy 50 the one in
0: like san diego i believe yeah Is san that? diego Very, yeah yeah that yeah. was
1: my first time ever um kind of really exploring that area yeah you know like with my bike i mean i've kind of gone there with my yeah. family to go to the beach and you know stuff like that yeah. but yeah. you know bringing the bike um man i it was yeah. so
0: unexpectedly hard like yeah yeah well, you know I mean it's like that's the stagecoach four hundred goes through that exact area where they race, I think it's called Lake Hodges, yeah, if I'm remembering like and they do the they do a different series all around, but um yeah, that's some great terrain out there. I love it, yeah, so I mean that's Stage, a typical Southern California terrain, <laughs> yeah totally it's
1: like yeah, we I was looking at the profile I'm like, okay, you know, four thousand feet of climbing that's kind of normal for a fifty mile race, yeah, but it all comes in like. Three areas, uh, four thousand feet. Oh and yeah, it's just steep. Yeah. We were going up. Yeah. I mean a hiking path. Um, like oh yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you kind of know what I'm talking about. For all the listeners, it's like oh, yeah, this two railings, eighteen percent grade <laughs> switchback. And so when you go around, yeah. you have to grab on with your you know inside. Yeah, you can mirror. literally
0: touch the next rider's like tire if you want yeah. to. on the other switchback.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy, but um, yeah, it's so cool and so. Um, you are really, you know, just taking the bicycle and you like to ride it way longer than kind of the normal person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Basically.
1: (laughs) Cool. So you like, I want to kind of get into that. Like how, how, how did you decide that, you know, ultra endurance cycling was kind of up your alley? Um, in regards to all of the different disciplines you know that cycling can offer there's like road biking there's gravel biking right. there's xc quick you know short track there's xc long stuff and you decide right. to ride your bike for 10
0: days 12 days <laughs> right yeah yeah i guess it um yeah it really all started when i moved well before i moved out here actually we moved out here for that reason but for a lot of reasons, but to make the family healthier. And, you know, I'm from Texas uh, originally. And I would say, like, open space there is a a man-made lake with a trail around it and maybe another dirt road connecting another lake. I mean, that's what I grew up thinking public land was. Um, Because you think of Texas and you think of, like, huge, you know, one of the biggest, second biggest state, you know in texas i mean gosh texans think that they live in a, their own country right like i'm a yeah. texan yeah um so i grew up you know in boy scouts and all that I and mean, you'd go camp and i loved that um i'm just giving a quick background but like when when i turned 30 i was like super out of shape and i had realized i needed to change a few things in my life i don't know if i if you want me to go into a whole deep you know medical history of me but like yes you know I I essentially was born with a birth defect, right? Um, And I really haven't spoken about it until like the last two years. Um, I would actually not even tell anyone about it. And and someone would have to be like, hey, do you have a limp? And I'd be like, yeah, you know, I hurt myself. But yeah, I was born with a birth defect where my spinal cord was out of my spinal column, essentially, and it's called spina bifida. And there's three forms of it, but I basically got the bad luck. I got the, the worst form of it. And long story short, you know, I should be in like a wheelchair and there's a lot of like neurological things. You know, when you mess with the spinal cord, you're messing with like the main wiring of your entire body, right? Like that's how we communicate. And, you know, anyone that's dealt with a spinal injury or understands anyone that has, you know, it's a life interrupter. Well, I was born with that essentially. And so, um, yeah, I had a really killer surgeon that fixed me um and a mom that really treated me he had doctors telling you know telling her hey don't let this kid do anything look i'm 44 so i was born in 1979 they can fix a lot of this now in utero but back then you know they're just like i pop out and they're experimenting on me essentially at a military hospital in texas my dad was in the army so i did have you know some really good surgeons and they fixed me up so i'm super fortunate about that. But subsequently, you know, um, I dealt with a lot of crap growing up, you know, and not really understanding it, like why I wasn't great at sports. You know, I, I really sucked at everything, anything that involved running, uh, because I guess I can't feel my feet. I can't feel, um, now I can't feel anything from my knees down. Like I can feel parts, like I have shin muscles. They're not called shin muscles. I don't know what they're called, but I can pull my foot up but I can't stand on my toes. So I don't have calves. Um, one day, maybe I'll get calf implants and no one will know, but um, that's a joke. But I have like <laughs> super skinny legs, right? Like I've got like massive quads and then like teeny tiny calves, like I skipped calf day or something. Yeah. And, um, you know, growing up, that was kind of embarrassing, right? Like in middle school and high school. And I didn't really know it like because my mom didn't really, she told me, but she didn't really like tell me How bad that's supposed to be which I think is great uh, because it forged my character and who I am today really so essentially um, I grew up with a lot of foot problems and um, like I would walk holes in my feet they would have to break my toes break my feet and straighten them out until I turned 24 that was like my last foot surgery like I thought going to the doctor was like going to the foot surgeon (laughs) I didn't realize like you were supposed to go to the doctor for other things Cause like, otherwise I'm super healthy. Um, so yeah, like they nerve damage causes neuropathy and causes like cramping and like, you know, your, your nerve, your muscles just want to pull because there's nothing really communicating with it. So essentially my feet are kind of jacked, can't really feel them. And I would like walk holes in my feet and get infected and then have to go, you know, get a penicillin shot in the ass when I, that happened to me in college one time, just because You know, I wasn't so good at taking care of my body. But um, finally, when I was 24, I got the last surgery done. So I was like, "Okay, cool, I'm done. I can pursue my career, which meant a lot of like computer like producing. I started in the music industry, so I was in recording studios for like 12 hours a day. And then, you know, and then basically in front of a computer at home trying to, you know, slug it out in the arts industry. That's just how it is. Right. And so. I you know, basically woke up when I was 30 and I was like, hey, maybe I need to get like a checkup. You know, um, luckily I had health insurance. I actually got declined for health insurance, which anyway, that's a whole nother story. Thank God for- Well, yeah, just you know, is
1: it because of, you know, your prior existing? history?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Like that's what, when there was that whole fight over um, Obamacare, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and like, that was a lot of the fight that people f- forget. You know, um, there were law, I mean, there were no laws, uh, guarding insurance companies to decline you, you know? So I couldn't get health insurance when I got off my parents' health insurance from the time of like 18 to like late twenties, I had no health insurance. So I had no safety net. Wow. And, um, yeah. So actually I, you know, you have to take jobs that give you health insurance. So you make career decisions based on that. But luckily that's not a thing now and they can't, uh, kick you off because of that, which is great. Uh, but yeah, essentially I kind of got a wake up call when I went to the doctor and she's like, Hey, I think you may need like a vitamin D shot and you, Hey, you may want to go out in the sunshine a little bit. So, uh, I bought a, I had like this, uh, GT avalanche three by nine mountain bike that I bought in like college as like a commuting bike. And that's how I commuted in college. And uh so I busted that thing out of the garage and started riding my bike every day. It was a 26er, three by nine. This was like 2010, maybe 20, 2009. And I would just, just like like I said about Texas, we don't really have public we didn't really have public land. So I just ride these gravel roads. I thought it was mountain biking and like these little it they've certainly upped their game since, you know, that mountain bike culture has definitely spread. But I would you know, roll my mountain bike around and and I got really into like, okay, well, I went out and back. Let me go out and back and out and back. Let me yo-yo like five times. <laughs> so like I would do it for like four hours or like five hours and be like really invigorated from it. Like it would actually add energy to me. Um, and also it was a way to to meditate, really. Like it was my my alone time, my processing time. And I know everyone really Kind of feels that way about cycling in some respects, but like, you know, tires on dirt or gravel, or it's just like instant tune out for me, which is great, right? Like it's my, it's my holy time, right? To get on the bike and and, and roll around. So anyway, I got a job offer, moved to California, and that's what got me into riding real trails. I came out here, bought a 29er because that was like the hot new thing. Uh, I was late to the game, I guess it was 2012, 2013, bought a 29er, hardtail, super steep head angle, you know, like you're leaning over the front tire, and I was climbing this trail that the bike shop told me to climb, and I guess I decided to free ride the other side of it, I didn't really know, I didn't really know where the trail went, it was was like a cattle trail, and I just like, over the bars, my first ride, you know, out in California, it was great though, broke my shifter, you know, busted my shin up, I was bleeding, and and drove straight to the bike shop and was like, hey, how can we upgrade this part? Let me, let me uh, upgrade. So then I started finding guys out here and realized, like, I really turned it on after like four hours, you know, like, the short stuff wasn't, I don't know, my body was built for, you know, like diesel engine, right, built to go all day. And so then I just started training towards that, I guess, or riding towards that. You know, and luckily I have an amazing family and wife and we coordinate, you should see my like schedule, you know, we have like, it actually helps me to schedule these things, but um, like with training and all that Um, we put it on a calendar and it helps kind of like my entire life center up. But yeah, um, I ride a lot. And this year has kind of been a little bit less because I don't do trainers. (laughs) So with all the rain and the trails blown out and everything, it's been a little less.
1: Yeah. And so you, you, how many kids? do you have kids?
0: Yeah, I do. I do. I have two kids. Wow.
1: So juggling, you know, a job and, and then training on top of that. So I love that story coming into finding, finding the bike. Um, and you know, I think a lot of people, um, who are kind of coming into the sport as well. I don't know about you, but like, it's a lot to, to balance two schedules, you and your wife, right? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. yeah. And kids schedules. Cause I have a brand new seven month old baby. So this yeah. is all new to me, like, okay. Like I'm looking at my schedule here, which I mean, it's, outdated, <laughs> but yeah. you no, know, like, I like how you have the two schedules going on. Like, um, what does We that have look the family
0: out? calendar, man. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, as the kids have gotten older, you know, they dominate a lot of the the bandwidth too. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. So when, when is your training,
0: you know, time? So starts? I do Kurt, I do Kurt ref Snyder's plan. And usually cool. I'll pick like a race that says, and, and make that like my race or whatever. And I'll do fun stuff in between that totally blows that up. You know, I did like rock cobbler this year and, you did? uh, which is like, a, yeah, yeah. Nice. I got a nice. hundred 120th, 30th place or something out of, you know, it was like, a I took my mountain bike, you know, and I was like, yeah, hey, I'm going to ride this like, not a gravel ride. I'm going to take my mountain bike. And we were in the third wave. That was the first time I've been a part of any race that has like waved. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm in the last wave. Let's just try to pass everyone. And it's kind of funny because there's a lot of roadies that ride that. And it's a, I would say it's a hardcore gravel. I mean, it is like a lot of single track. And I was on a mountain bike trying like to pass bottlenecks and stuff. And yeah, you know, there's like muddy hike a bike and anyway it's i definitely would say it's worth doing for like a training day and uh and the la tourist there's a a race series out here totally underground it's called the la tourist and that happens like three times a year so that's another like day gravel slash adventure race so anyway uh so i'll I'll sprinkle some fun races in there but yeah i do ref snyder's plan probably the best whatever less than $100 you could spend if you want to be a quality, you know, bikepacker or bikepack racing, whatever you, whatever you want. Ultra endurance is what I would say. But, uh, because he really digs into like, he gives you a plan, you know, that you can follow like a Bible and there's two like, Hey, I'm new to this or there's like the expert level and it's a, it's a matrix of a calendar. So I try to hold up to that and I'll put that on the calendar and you know, life happens and you can't quite live up to that because yeah. it does top out at like 30 hours a week. You know, you're, you're putting lots of hours on the bike and I, and I also have a four. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're putting, you're putting, uh, but he also is, you know, he's the master. I, I don't know anything about it. I just follow it. Yeah. But obviously it's more than just volume. Right. Cause when I first started this, I thought it was like, Oh, I'll just ride every day a lot. And that definitely is not, the answer i think it is maybe for some people but it you know he throws the intervals in there there's a lot of zone two stuff a lot of sweet spot like you know zone three four you'll go out and do a plan where you're like hitting you know whatever like three uh 20 minute climbs or something at, at a sweet spot because like a lot of bike packing, a bike pack racing and we can get into it but i've noticed for me just in my short experience with it is like your first day is like we're heart and I do a lot of heart rate training. I don't have a power meter. Um, so for me, it's all heart rate based zones, but like, um, I don't know. I, I, um, I know like the first day really matters for heart rate. So I just really try not to blow myself up. And then, then the rest is you're really zone one and two, like for every other day, your, your, your heart has like, a threat like a like a compressor on it that says stop you know it's a limiter it's not gonna let you which is kind of nice because you can really crush it hard and i guess sometimes you feel like you're crushing it harder than you are yeah you know you can be like i'm gonna give this a hard effort and like you can watch your heart and it's like low zone two and you're Mm -hmm. like standing on the pedals like giving it your all but part of that's your body's completely blown out
1: (laughs) yeah and also like a lot of you know experience like a lot of time on the bike too, you know, the, Yeah, yeah. your body kind of adapts to it. Like I've been here before. I'm not going to, the heart's not going to freak out, you know, but um, yeah, that's cool that you're doing, um, heart rate. Cause I think I only have a power meter on my yeah. road bike slash gravel bike and I bought it that way, but they're yeah, too expensive. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of almost
0: out of the, uh, yeah, that's hard for people know. to, I mean, it's hard for me to afford that. Yeah, and you know I spend all my money on bikes, but no, yeah. But like uh, you know, I have like a gravel bike, another gravel bike, two mountain bike. You know what I mean? So it's like, what am I going to do? A power meter on all of those? And my favorite training bike right now is like a, it's like the salsa um, cutthroat. Yeah, and it's kind of like the cruiser gravel. I wouldn't call it a. Gra- it's like a drawbar mountain bike, just because I put like fifties on it and just roll around everywhere. So I'll like do a road. And then I'll do a single, like hardcore single track on it. But it's just sort of like, you know, it's like 22 pounds or something. So it's, you know, it's light and I can do some training on it and, and do like a 60 mile day kind of relatively easy. But I think for like bike pack training, I like single track. I like, you know, the hard stuff like hiking. I love all that. NAR, you know, to me, nothing replicates like heart rate and just. Your actual bike with weight on it, and I think that's one thing I've learned the last few years is like early adopting all of your weight, like just put it all on there and mm-hmm. do all of your riding with all your gear. And then, uh, then also like I've got stagecoach coming up this weekend, not the race, but like they're doing two versions of it, and so I've done stagecoach five times, so I'm like kind of done with it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. The sides, the sideshow is uh, this year, and we're doing it in reverse two weeks before and we're doing the desert first, but like I haven't been training with all my gear yet. So I'm kind of like fumbling around in the garage, like, Oh, stuff together. But like when you train with all your gear, you're kind of like for the race or whatever, you're like important race. You're, you're kind of dialed by that point, you know, where you put your rain jacket, you know, where you put your nutrition, you know, you're like your body's just on auto, you know? Yeah. And
1: so it does, does that training plan incorporate, um, like kind of as you kind of get closer to your a race do you start adding bags kind of the you know
0: yeah it says um he'll do like um and I don't have it in front of me but like x weeks weeks out like hey go do a bike packing weekend you know put like do like eight hour days and get good sleep you know put all your gear on and obviously for that I've got like a stove you know I went out two weeks ago or last week, I guess, last weekend, weekend before last. And, you know, we did a lot of like hiking in the snow, for example. But, you know, we did like a bikepacking three-day trip. And and had, I had like stove, you know, all the creature comforts. I had two down jackets because I'm from Southern California. And it was like 30, like high 20s, you know, up, up at 6,000 feet. So I'm like down pants, down, <laughs> two down jackets. Yeah. But yeah. like, yeah, I mean, he, he has it on the plan. Like, hey, go do a bikepacking. And I think for like aspiring racers, that's the biggest mistake I see personally is like guys train and then they get in this race mentality and maybe they're like successful racers in other areas, but they, they're not bike packers, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't know what to do when, you know, it hits the fan and it's raining and there's mud and you still want to sleep and, you know, you have to eat gas station food on your fifth day, you know, cause you're kind of done with gas station food by that point. <laughs> so yep, dude, I am and, in that and category. I think bikepacking. Yeah. Well, I think if you have aspirations, cause I think I've heard you're, you're like kind of gearing up for yeah, maybe possible ultra races. It's basically bikepacking, you know, yeah. you, you know, whatever, if you want to call it bikepack racing or ultra endurance, if you're out there more than, you know, a hundred, 200 miles, you know, you're at least, doing like stagecoach my fastest was like 49 hours and no sleep but still like the outdoor experience comes into play like being able to cope with stuff, you know but like that comes from touring and enjoying being out and then it's not like you're not throwing a fit you know then you're not yeah. all mad, like oh man
1: you know because that I'm happens
0: yeah why am i doing this yeah <laughs> which yeah. you'll still throw a fit like i threw plenty of fits last year on a, on a race for oh, sure oh dude
1: it's so good to throw a little pity party you know
0: but then you get it over with Yeah, you know yeah yeah well that's actually another i i'm not trying to sell it kurt's not giving me money but uh you know it, that's in the plan too like mental training is a huge aspect of it totally and totally. uh I, I i think the mental side of it for me is the most fascinating cuz your body can do anything really like it really can especially if you've trained for it like the human mind is what the most like powerful thing is in this sport i think and anything ultra and probably the same, same thing i can't run worth a dime i just fall in my face but um like like anything ultra where you're pushing your body is 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 really there's like the transition from like physical and then it becomes mental Um, that's the way I see it. Um, where you're now physically ready and your, your brain now has to tell your body either shut up or yes, you can do this or you're prepared or it's all good. Let's get to the, you know, let's get to 2 AM and then we can sleep for four hours, you know, kind of thing. Um, I think it's really, your mind is our minds are so powerful. And I think, mental training is, is critical. And, um, I think a lot of my experience, I guess that's why I shared about the spine and the thing earlier. It's like, I'm not trying to sound like, um, you know, whatever, like superhero or anything, but I think like, cause we all face adversities in our life. You know, we all have some sort of trauma, you know, uh, whether that's mental or physical. And I think trauma is what forges you though, I think we have to look trauma in the face and say, that sucks, but thank you. I'm now a different person because of this trauma. And I can't speak to like mental trauma, but I can speak to physical trauma. And I can say, like, that absolutely forged who I am. I can't feel my feet and screw it. I'm going to post hole my way through the snow that I can't feel and we're going to get through this. And I'm going to hike. I'm not great at hiking because of that, cause I don't have this or that muscle group, but you can do it, man. It's like, it's a lot, it's a lot better than, uh, you know, having to mentally push through a, a horrible job. I, at least I get to do it on a bike. And I guess that's, right. that's what I'd love to inspire people to do is like, man, maybe the bike's not your thing it's been outside that gets you physically moving. And that's going to make you feel so good. And and pushing through the little demons that are on your shoulder that are telling you not to do it is like the first battle of the day. Right. Like it's rainy or cold in Southern California. Boo hoo. It's 40 degrees. You know, that's cold for for Southern California. Like to me, that's the best mental training ever. I love night riding because it sucks. You know, like you just ended an eight hour day and I've got like, you know, say I've got like a two or two and a half hour window before dinner we eat dinner kind of late. So like, I'll go out and do a night ride and I'm the only one out on the trails because it's Southern California who wants to ride in the dark. Yeah. And I, I feel like that is my training, you know, like the fact that I left, it's probably better training than doing the interval, honestly, because I, I left my house, put my gear on and decided to pedal out of the garage. And that just mental exercise alone is, is probably the win for the day. Dude. And
1: so cool that you said that. Cause Th- that's something that I was going to incorporate is like physical training is, I would say, 20% of yeah bicycle riding. When you get into like the hard stuff, it becomes full mental. 80% of bike riding for me is mental. It's, yeah. dude, I, here, I'll show you. Like I got, see the little yeah. bike in the corner. So, <laughs> that. That there that isn't fun. That's right. All mental. It, my body can do three hours of hard training. No, no problem. I yeah, mean, it no sucks, problem. right? But when I have to get out of bed before my daughter and my fiance wake up and yeah. sit yeah. on this trainer and stare out of the into the rising sun inside where it's way too hot, you know, and I have no <laughs> wind. And I, I sit on that trainer for three hours and incorporate yep. intervals. It's all mental. I have to tell myself, don't get off the bike. But yeah. why? Don't get off the yeah. bike. But it'll be, ah, just go pee. Okay, I'll go yeah. pee. Yeah, <laughs> And then you like, ah, just get back on the get bike. Get a cup you know? of coffee. Get a, yeah, get a bagel. Yeah, get, exactly. You haven't eaten breakfast yet. I mean, two hours is enough, right? I mean, two hours is good. That, to me, I think is, you know, the reason I can compete at such a high level is right that that alone is, you know, when I'm behind a wheel and I'm, I'm way out of my comfort zone, these guys are pushing way too, too many Watts. And I know I can't hold on very much longer, but I'm going to try to just stay on that wheel. Right. And then just stay on that wheel. It's at that point, your physical body's kind of let go. It's like, okay, yeah, it's that mental fortitude. That's like, just keep pushing, you know, and when it gets cold, when it gets steep, when the wind's at your face, right? Like there's there's yeah. so many things that we can like, um, battle mentally. Right. Basically, yeah, absolutely. That's easy. I mean, the, the, you're just pedaling a bike, but it's <laughs> right this mental like terrain that, you know, you have these huge euphoric highs and these crazy low
0: lows, you know, and that's part of the journey, man. Like even, so I'm going to shut my window. Um, that's part of the journey of like, I think a, a longer event too, is it's you experience all of that. And that is freaking amazing. There's nothing better than that. I mean, ultimately, when you're done, I think that's the that's the reward when you're like laying in your hotel room completely broken or like like I've done like I finished like some events where you're just like you get into the hotel room and you're just you're like half naked because you got your kid off, but you ordered food. So you're eating like but I ordered like two dinners. So I'm like eating both dinners, (laughs) but I turned the shower off because i wanted to shower and i'm like i don't know what i even and that is the best <laughs> feeling ever and then like <laughs> that 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 sleep afterwards is crazy like you are like hot sweat sleep and you're like moaning in your sleep yeah oh dude that's it's so great that's a good feeling totally see it
1: like two dinners shower uh, you know oh, i got to call my you know my fiance oh, yeah, yeah. oh i gotta call my mom We well, you know i got to eat the food yeah it's so funny um because it is such a simple thing you were just doing for 40 50 hours right like
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Pedal,
1: eat, absolutely pedal drink
0: pedal battle mind battle mind you know yeah it's it's uh, it's like a mind uh it's like it's like a deep meditation eating contest yes <laughs> that's basically what it is you're, it you're is. like meditating and trying to get your your mind focused but also just eating. 300 calories an hour, which yeah, so hard, you know, dude, it's Uh, 250, three, whatever.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It it is such a, uh, uh, wholesome experience, you know, it's like, uh, right. Yeah. You you, like the planning before, right. Just alone is, is a journey. Um, I'm sure. So I've done one, you know, this is coming from experience with like doing it a few times. I I train every day. So what I have to get yeah. ready is very minimalistic compared to a yeah. five day journey. But yeah, you go yeah. into it prepping, lubing the chain, getting the tires ready, getting your Wahoo charged, you know, GPS charged. Yeah. Am I doing a workout? I don't know. How many, how much water? Right. But Kenzie, she, she's my fiance. Kenzie would always, she's like, you know, like she's a, she's an ultra runner. So she's just like, yeah. Ah. You just take just go. so long to get on your bike. I'm like, you don't understand. Oh, no. it's, it's a process. It's I, if I go and leave and I'm 10 miles away and I forget something, I'm, I don't want to come oh, yeah. back. And then I'm right. kind of screwed for that ride. So it's like, oh, yeah, oh I mean, yeah. there's a lot of planning. You just have to put your shoes on and go. <laughs> it's exactly. like, and
0: Mary, runners are so funny. They're like, la, la, la. yeah, my wife trail runs as well. she's like, you are crazy. Cause I'll like go in and out of the front door like 15 times like, oh, <laughs> Yeah. where's my where are my glasses oh i need to fill my water bottle up oh, i forgot my tailwind oh i got a you know yeah whatever oh, you know just... i brought two goose i needed three i can go back and get a third <laughs> yeah group. yeah oh i need two a groups. banana oh no i need to make more food or oh, i need to get my wallet or yeah it's so, so
1: funny. funny and then you know it's also like she's also like yeah and then you gotta go train for so long like, you gotta right. be out there for like three or four hours i'm like well yeah because the races are kind of long she's like i do an ultra and i only have to do a 10 mile run it takes me like an hour and a half i'm like yeah but that run sucks the whole time yeah it you know? does like, man um but yeah and then you get on the bike too and then you know it's just like this whole journey and then this 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 uh this pattern of like eat focus drink focus yeah, yeah. you know and always checking in like that's what's really cool is you know like you said like this meditation of always checking in with, with the body how am I feeling? Where's my right. heart rate? And what's great? It's like it's so calculated. I mean, if you do have a power yeah. meter, if you do have a heart yeah. rate monitor, oh but, yeah. yeah. Everything's so calculated. And Ezra, um, I don't know, Ezra War Ezra Warpacker. Yeah, he, yeah. He was on the episode. He even has yeah. his insulin dialed.
0: Right. So yeah. He, like, oh my god.
1: It's such a, you know, this this calculated device that you can really check in with your body. You might be feeling good, but your heart rate's at 180. And you're like, okay, why am I why is my heart rate at 180 right now? Okay, maybe dial it back, check in, eat some food. Right. Maybe I'm dehydrated. You know, it's like such a good way to actually be intimate with yourself, you know, and like to really feel yeah. how you really doing and like, why yeah. am I crying? I'm sure you've right. been there. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. why, why am I crying right now? And it's such a <laughs> euphoric cry. And like as as males, it's hard for us to kind of You know, right, let go. And I think a bike the bike. If if I'm holding on to some shit, I'm like, all right, oh yeah. I'm 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 out for eight hours and I definitely will detox something, you know, something will will be flowing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. My first race I did, which got me addicted to this whole thing, was the Tour de Los Padres. So it's like a Santa Barbara local thing. It's been going forever. Uh super gnarly, like chunk stuff, you know, and like the first. I think the second year I did it was the, no, the first year I did it was the second year they had it. And you, you end it with the Santa Barbara front country stuff, which is like hardcore mountain bike, like not easy stuff, you know, guys with full face helmets. So you, and I'm like, when is this going to be over? And I get to the end of it. And I, first of all, I crashed like in the front country, had a black eye, like my bars clipped a rock. And so I went over the bars, landed on my face. And got a bloody nose and like saw some college girls, you know, hiking because the UCSB is there. And they're like, oh my God, this guy, you know, and I'm like bloody because <laughs> I've been out for a few days. And uh, I get to the train station where it ends. And so I'm at the train station and I'm like, what do I do now? And no one's there, no one cares. There's not one person there. This is <laughs> before like bike pack racing was even like, you know, I yeah. I don't know, you know, a thing where people watch now. People like come and watch you finish now. So there's no one there. And I'm like, what did I just do? And I'm like, I call my wife and I'm like, hey, I just finished the run And I start crying. And <laughs> <laughs> just start bawling. And I don't I don't even know why I'm crying. I'm just like, I did it. And uh, and then I go to like get a a train ticket or use the bathroom and they wouldn't let me because they think I'm like, you know, a homeless guy. I'm like, oh, <laughs> dirty. I swear I'm going to buy a train ticket. I just want to get home. <laughs> yeah, that
1: is so funny. Uh, and was that your first bikepacking race?
0: Yeah, that was 2015. And that was uh tour de los padres. I think I've done it like eight, maybe maybe eight times. So yeah, Dang. it's uh yeah, it's a pretty, it's like an OG West Coast, so that we have uh, the Tour de los Padres out here, and then we have Stagecoach uh, 400 out here. And Stagecoach 400 is probably one of the oldest bike pack, you know, like modern bike packing events, you know. And um, yeah, they're they it's it's good terrain. I actually am creating one. It's called Escape LA. I just want to give a little plug for it.
1: Whoa! It's gonna be yeah,
0: 300 Win. miles. Uh, November. So stay tuned of yeah. this year. Yeah, November this year. Yeah, Ooh. Escape LA. It's our right. we're already on Instagram. Two whole posts. No, we have the route completely dialed. Lots of cues. I just kind of uh, we don't want to release it yet, just because the snow and anyway. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to release it to those that either want to officially do an ICT or or what. I think we're kind of talking through it. But uh, me and a buddy. Designed it starts and ends uh, in Santa Monica at the pier, and uh, the whole idea is like it's called Escape LA, right? Like because people think of LA as all like, this huge urban area, and it is. And we're going to send them through like by the Hollywood side through Griffith Park, but then you know that's like the f- easy stuff, and then all of a sudden you're going to be in some hardcore, you know, mountains that are pretty brutal, and and it's a lot of single track. So 300 miles, 40,000 feet of climbing uh it's gonna 40, be an nar, yep Four forty thousand, yep no right. way it's almost <laughs> dubbed two everests yeah yeah you can get your maybe you can get your i don't know how you get your everest card but there you go no it's uh, um it's gonna be um yeah so i think like yeah i feel like stagecoach is like 30 feel like pinions and pines was maybe 30 something um so those shorter ones when they're steep are hard right like Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would consider that like pinions and pines was a short rate, a short race, uh, but it was pretty brutal. So for me, that was like a super hard, like bikepacking sprint <laughs> for me. Cause yeah. you had like Andrew, Andrew and like these front pack guys, I think Andrew, Jacob, Ezra, they were all like hammering, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, welcome to elevation. You know, my lungs were having a hard yep. time the first few hours, <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Uh, by the end of it, I feel like I, I I didn't do as well as I wanted to do. I think it was like fifth or sixth or something like that. But we we brought it home. Sweet. <laughs> I want to come yeah. back and do it again. Yeah.
1: There's there's a few good ones, but going back to Escape LA. So oh,
0: yeah, Escape LA. You go yeah,
1: yeah. you go all the way out into the Santa Monica Mountains, and then you're kind of battling yourself for how many miles? Like probably 150,
0: 200. So this, this format, uh, I guess I'm announcing it now, but it's going to be clockwise or cl- counterclockwise. So when we when the Grand Depart leaves, maybe there's only going to be seven of us. Who knows who, who wants to do this? Maybe there's going to be too many, but you're going to pick the route you want to go. So you can either go uh, clockwise or counterclockwise. So you can, but no matter what, um, you climb up into the Santa Monica's and then you either do a long huge single track into Malibu or you'll go into LA. So you either get the urban stuff up front or you get the urban stuff when you're cracked out. Oh Um, man. But that night, I guarantee you, everyone's going to be in the middle middle of nowhere. Like it's going to be interesting. Um, Yeah. Cause you can clear LA in a day easy, right? It's just navigating the craziness, the urban cycling, but uh, the San Gabriels are back there. And our, I think our highest point, is like six thousand something, but we do a lot of up down. So I think to get to the highest elevation, you're you're gonna do a, easily a thirteen thousand foot day if if that's like your goal, right? Like totally, and that's um, the thing
1: too. You are at LA at zero, at,
0: at zero. School, you, start at you start at zero.
1: Highest mounds at six thousand. You know that is a yeah. like six thousand foot difference. When you're saying yeah, you're in Colorado and like oh yeah, our highest is 14 you We're right. at eight. So right.
0: yeah Yeah, exactly uh like we i did this race called the new colo race and that was that was a brutal first day but i mean we were in durango and we started like the the start of the uh colorado trail right it's like like from durango and by the time we got up that first pass gosh i forgot the name of the pass but just like a rock rubble pass up there (laughs) beautiful um And then, but then the the torture device, which I think he is maybe changing this year is we went down into Rico and then went right back up to 13,000 feet. It was brutal. Like the, I think the leaders, uh, it was 65 miles and like 16,000 feet with like the lead, the lead pack of the first day. And we were all in the campsite, just blown out. It was like 2 AM. Oh my God. Yeah, man, it was crazy. crazy. But, so Colorado's gnarly, but yeah, we make up for it in lots and lots of hills and steepness and a lot of climbing. You definitely yeah. can get your climbing done out here. I was gonna say
1: heat, but November it's gonna be perfect. So it's actually a really good opportunity for a bunch of yeah. these um, Colorado, right? You know, Northern Arizona, That's Utah, right? Come on out, Wyoming, yeah. Idaho, wherever you might be. Would be a really cool spot because now I think I have something on my radar because usually November is really. That's right. Yeah. Nothing. There's really
0: nothing going. That's on. why I chose it because a lot of the SoCal races out here are April, March, April. Yeah. Um, as far as like bike packing, so I thought let's do November. It's another shoulder season. I mean, the thing out here is like you could get some gnarly winds. We could have fire, but um, you could have the first start of rain, but more than likely it's going to be. Epic, like great
1: conditions. Yeah. And if there's a fire, it only light a fire up your ass, you know, to get going. Yeah. You know, we get <laughs> fire
0: all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's nothing. Welcome to LA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's sweet. And um, so that, and how did that kind of come about? Did you just feel like there was something missing in California that I think, you know, that hasn't been really discovered yet?
0: Yeah. I mean, like I said, thousands of miles of trail network out here that um, and I really wanted to make it accessible. Like that's why I mean, you could argue starting in Santa Monica is completely not accessible
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, and it's probably going to be a pain in the ass. But welcome to L.A. is kind of my that's going to be our answer. It's me and another buddy of mine, Jason, and our answer to everyone's little complaints are just like, okay, welcome to L.A. Traffic. Welcome to L.A., you know.
1: Um, So
0: but yeah, we wanted to make it accessible. And so if if you're in L.A., like, hey, here's an awesome route that gets you on trail and gets you in the middle of nowhere. You're in the middle of everything, but you're in the middle of nowhere all at the same time. That's and awesome. it links kind of through that Conejo Valley and through Malibu and the Santa Monica Mountains, San Gabriels. So it's 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 a little taste of kind of this little small section of Southern California. that's an absolute treasure.
1: Yeah. Yes. And I very dense fold a single track. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And then absolutely. Is it, if I were to do it, would I be able to um have a bunch of uh
0: refueling areas and water? Yeah. So um that's part of the fun of bike pack racing or ultra endurance is you have to figure that out on your own. But yeah, we've marked the course with all of our favorite little shops, you know, taco cool. spots, you know, liquor stores, gas stations. You know, all this 24-hour markets. So I definitely did the homework for you because I've done everything. I haven't done the route. I was thinking about ITT in it, you know, like this spring, just to kind of give it like a test run. Yeah. But um, I'm probably not going to race it this year. I'm probably just going to be there and, you know, at the starting line and wave at everyone and maybe take pictures because I got something on my radar in October that I'm thinking about. So I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm Wait. gonna be bold and and uh, do the AZT 800. So. Ooh. That's uh, yeah. Sweet. So there you go, man. I'm at, going dude, for this. Is the <laughs> I'm going for the full on eight eight hundred. Nice. Flight. Yeah, dude. That'll be sweet. Yeah, that's, that's my goal this year. I, every year I do something that scares me. You know. Yeah. Last Last year was the new Colo just because like all that terrain out there and. New Mexico, Southern Colorado, just seemed so gnarly to me. Um, so I did that and had a great time, had good results, and so that's um, my goal this year. Is hiking sucks. Like I cramp up, like because like I you know obviously my legs don't work, so I'm gonna have to train all summer. I think like hiking, I think that's gonna be what I'm gonna yeah. need to do. Yeah,
1: and uh, there was I-, I think a lot of. of- the riders who do AZT kind of have a pair of flats
0: and like sandals. I'm nothing but flats all the time.
1: That's so, awesome. Like I
0: can't clip in, which is why just cause my, the way my feet, like I can't articulate my feet in and out of clips and I pedal like mid foot. Right. Yeah. So I can't pedal on my, the ball of my foot. I have to pedal like in my arch. So I'm always on flats, just swapping around, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be a hard thing for people who do clips is to like go yeah. I mean without I mean go on flats because of that pole that yeah
0: you know you get I can't imagine player. yeah I mean I can't I'm sure people can't imagine riding on flats all the time but I can't imagine hiking on those ballerina shoes on the AZT. <laughs> like, oh that seems, man that seems yeah. not fun. <laughs> I've got like I've got a pair of like
1: my racing shoes or just like carbon yeah. fiber. You know, when I'm walking around, I'm like, (laughs) you know, just like, they're like tap,
0: they're like tap shoes. Yeah. (laughs) No
1: grip, no rubber on the bottom. (laughs) It's a hassle. Well, that's sweet. So, um, and that's going to be October. Uh, and I'm guessing, are you doing anything before that? Like bikepacking? Yeah, I'm
0: doing, um, like, so stagecoach for fun. That's like my training. And then I had the tour de los padres on my radar because this was going to be like, the like hardest year ever i think it was also going to be like 30 uh, sorry uh 45 man it may have been like forty-five thousand feet of climbing and 300 miles dang but the with the forest closure we're not really sure what it's gonna be um so i don't know it may be kind of a bummer race for me so i've got like my uh buddy tim tate he's reviving the uh the og original you know mountain bike bikepacking race the grand loop so i kind of have that on my radar depending on like kids and vacation schedule and all that that's like early june that's like lightly on the radar and then uh, ctr is lightly on the radar just depends on like how the stars align with the the with the kids i'm like this year's super loose like there's been years where it's like i'm gonna gun for stagecoach i'm gonna win stagecoach you know that was like my main thing or like last year was i did stagecoach tour de los padres uh pinions and pines (laughs) and the new calo yeah it was like that's a lot that was a brutal it was like i spent basically all october november just eating like it was just recovery months which is crazy to think about
1: yeah so oh my gosh um
0: and how old are your kids? You're gonna be blown away. Now my kids are uh, 19 and 11. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I have a college kid, so he's in he's in college. I have I had a kid when I was 23, 24. Okay. And I got married early, got a kid early, but um, I think the that was a hell of a fight in the beginning. Yeah. You know, when I was young, but now that I've now that they're a little older, man, I get. It's it makes life a little more free, you know. I was gonna you know, ask, I can, yeah. yeah. I go but, ride the bike and we're super chill. Like we've hit every milestone of every crazy life event, so it kind of doesn't it kind of doesn't phase us. Like you know the wife the wife does a lot. You know to 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 because I do I I work and she she you know her job is managing the family really. Uh, she does like freelance stuff, but. You know, it's kind of been like the trade-off relationship that's worked really well for us. And uh um, so it, actually I worked outside of home until pandemic, and now I work at home mostly. So that's actually so, been a little crazy uh for us. At first my wife was like, I do not like you here in my space, you know? <laughs> so, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, it's... and it
0: was definitely crazy with kids. Like I had a high schooler you know, in pandemic, you know, which was like so crazy, like going to school on zoom, you know, for a high school kid, that was his senior year. I felt so bad for him, but Yeah. yeah, no, it's, uh, having kids is amazing. It's definitely not for everyone. That's the ultimate ultra endurance sport right there, raising kids. And that's the ultimate, like for us, that's number one, like raising our kids is job number one. And, um, luckily I get to, you know, ride the bike a lot around that and the family's super supportive around that and and uh but yeah i mean that's that's always been our number one and everything kind of falls i definitely get stubborn you know sometimes or like uh uh and and lose track of that focus i'm not like perfect you know and that's uh, probably my biggest advice to you as a parent like you're gonna do stupid stuff you know you're gonna want to you're gonna go ride your bike when you probably shouldn't have and your wife's gonna get mad at you and then you're gonna realize like damn i shouldn't have ridden my bike today i probably should Done I'm, something like clean the house or something. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've already done that. <laughs> that, that happens. It happens. It like all, I'm, dude. I've been married twenty years, and I do that like every other day. I'm like, oh, sorry, Dave. I'm yeah a complete idiot. You know, but luckily she's got a lot of grace for me, and I'm super. You know, we have an amazing relationship. So that's great. That's
1: great. And I think that's um one of the the if not the most important thing um to. Follow your dreams, whether that's like financial, personal. Yeah, to right. have like a rock, you know, of of a absolutely a, just of a partner, you know, and and yeah, and that's the thing is, it, it's not just her supporting you; it's also you supporting her and her absolutely ambitions. And uh, yeah, we we went through a whole so little backstory. I'm I just started my professional like racing. You know, so yeah, we got pregnant and kind of that like turning point of like, I can keep going and pursue <laughs> this. Right. And so yeah, uh, she, she was at the house and, um, and nine months pregnant or even with a one month old. And, you know, I'm like, all right, babe, I gotta yeah. get out for an hour and a half, you know, interval. And she, she's like, yeah. Okay. You know, but, <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll be back, <laughs> you know, and then coming back and going man I really could have been okay not going on that ride kind of thing yeah. you know but that's like we we've gotten through that so now I mean right. seven months isn't as easy as a 19 year old right but it's easier <laughs> than a newborn so we're that's right we're yeah the, yeah we're in the whole just we're in the trenches with it of brand new parents oh, yeah. brand new like <laughs> athletics like and she's uh She's going to be a professional ultra runner. I hands down know that. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So we just support each other, you know, she goes train, she goes and trains. I go and train. And while we do that, I have the luxury of working from home or working on the weekends. And so I can be home when she trains. And I also have the availability to train when, when it's convenient for the family, you know? Right. And that's the hard yeah. part. I think a lot of people face is like, only if I had the time, you know, Right. And it's like you, what you brought up earlier is you have like this family calendar, which is super cool. Yeah. Cause like, we don't really have that yet because she's still, you know, we, she doesn't go totally. going to school or sports or anything like that. So we're just kind of like, we have our training schedules that we kind of look at of,
0: yeah, that's what you know. Really, we work. Oh, you'll it. need it, man. You'll need it. I like, know. I, I will say it makes it makes us better people. It makes me like kind of the off season, whatever. I'm joking. Like like I'm a whatever, like a athlete. But um, no, like after like my race season, when I'm just like riding for fun, I still ride every day or every. I yeah. do a day off, a rest day. But like, um, I'm way more slack in my life. Is not as like well-engineered as, as when, when I'm like, okay, babe, are we cool if I start the training regimen and, you know, we talk through it and, and if, you know, if I get that green light, it's, it's so funny. Like I need that in my life, even for work. Like I'm way more efficient at work. I'm way more efficient in life because I have to complete tasks, you know, by a certain time. So then if, if I want the training, if I want the two hours, to go out there and ride or do intervals while well, I have to go do X amount of hours of work, give my wife her time. My daughter has an appointment, you know, whatever it is. I don't, my son doesn't even live here anymore. So it's like, he's off, he's yeah. off in college. So he's you having know, it's fun. Like, <laughs> well, he has like, he's a musician. So I went and watched his like jazz concert, right. Sweet. The other day. So it, like that was on the board, you know? And so it's like the iCal is just painted with like all the 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 matrix of uh responsibilities but it keeps you honest and it we have so much time as humans you know you need to sleep eight nine hours that's cool you need to work eight hours but a lot of us a lot of people will just go sit on the couch for the rest you know and watch tv or eat and and i'm not like trying to be be uh, negative on other people but i'm just saying there's a lot of opportunities in our life to 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 and we all need like downtime and i still like watch you know a show on netflix or something but like there's a lot of time in our free time that we can utilize to make ourselves healthier uh mentally or physically or engineer our lives to be a little bit better you know a little bit better for us and for our family right
1: Mm-hmm. And we forget that that's, yeah, we do like, um, I forget that every day besides the days that it, it's really busy and I have to get up right. at five 30 to get on my bike at 6am. Yeah. To do, cause, yeah. It, Cause three hour rides, as you know, are that's, a, that's a big chunk of your day. So do I yeah. do it at four or four, five, six? Well, no baby goes to bed at seven. Got to be home for that. Right. So uh, nine, <laughs> nope, she hasn't meeting. So it's like, I got to get on the bike at 6am oh and yeah i'm done at 9 a.m dude yeah you don't realize how much time you have
0: that's right and that's right realize every
1: yeah <laughs> but i'm we're all human you know and like I, i'm the same way Absolutely. it's like i still watch yeah we love our love island date nights you know we love <laughs> you know like we just live with that it's just you know a few episodes and then we
0: just well, you get need the some, yeah like you need some downtime man like we all need some like decompression time i just don't think like as americans we all need like six hours a night of decompression time you know what oh, i mean and that's yeah. kind of like probably the average i'm sure there's a, some like study done that averages that out but like how many people are just eating you know their bad food in front of a tv for you know four hours a night yeah. when you could be doing something else you know what i mean and i still dude i've got an eleven-year-old, she's doing like rehearsals until eleven, you know, PM at night. So there's yeah. nights where we're just like, you know, we get home, we're like, listen, just watch something and eat dinner, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There, you can't be, you can't be a superhero every day. You got to. No, your no one's David Goggins, you
1: know. <laughs> like, Yo,
0: what, exactly. Oh, what, 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 bitch, get up at six AM. <laughs> don't fuck <don't
1: laughs> around. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, but I kind of like chilling out. <laughs>
0: I, we all need the inner David Goggins. That's what we need. Like we that, do, that we just wakes you up. Get the get out of bed. Wake yeah, up. yeah. And then we also need that. What what's
1: that guy? Uh, who's like, hi guys, welcome to another show. We also need him in our life, right? Too. Right. Feel, like like uh, the Rogers, rich roll. Like <laughs> yeah, rich roll or like what's uh, Tony? Hmm. So no, something Rogers. The Rogers show. I I I must be blanking on. <laughs> uh, yeah, like the. Hey, welcome to another episode. Just put your feet up, enjoy, enjoy yeah. the company time. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Chill. <laughs> um, but too much of that obviously would not be good. But um, uh that's funny. Uh but yeah, what was it? I was gonna say something. I lost track. Um, <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, we went to uh, chilling out. Oh yes, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on a lot of your career is music and producing and so right 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 family it seems like you know your son is doing jazz things
0: and your daughter yeah
1: what is she rehearsing for are you um is music like a huge part of your life and
0: it's crazy man like i it was right like huge part of my life um like i said like sports didn't click with me until yeah later because just i didn't realize like I could hop on a bike and crush it. So I, although when I was a kid, that's all I did. Uh, you know, it was like little BMX bikes. But yeah, so music, uh, I that was my that was my thing all through growing up, uh, through like middle school, high school, and that, and so I was like in indie rock bands and stuff. You know, through college, and I went to business school. And uh, man, when I was in, I had like a pool cleaning company. It was like how I paid for school. And, uh, so I spent like all of my money, I would like pool clean, go to school, spend my money on recording gear, like music recording gear. And that was like back in the day when it was transitioning to digital. And I just like happened to like learn all that digital recording. Now you're like doing it through zoom and doing a podcast, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It used to be a big thing. Right. (laughs) And, uh, so yeah, I, I graduated with a business degree. And talk about a killer wife, like, I graduated, and we knew we were going to get married. And I was like, hey, so I'm going to intern a recording studio. And so I would, like, go do my pool cleaning job, because I like, owned my own company or whatever. And then I would um, intern at a recording studio for, like, 80 hours a week. Like, cleaning everything from, like, cleaning toilets to, like actually doing recording sessions but mostly not mostly like all the boring stuff yeah and uh i just remember like doing some sessions late at night and thinking like man you don't actually get to record all the music you like you know like i was a super uh indie rock guy like radiohead was like my favorite band and i would love jazz and like rarely did anyone come in to record jazz or like you know progressive indie music <laughs> I was doing a lot of like a lot of stuff that I didn't like, and I found my way through that uh, in the in the music industry uh, to also to doing like live production, like like multi-camera, like film and TV production is what I do now. So it started with a music passion, but it kind of has ended up in like a workable career. And so like, yeah, tomorrow I'll be working all day, like a 10 hour day and it's raining tomorrow. But typically if I'm like going, I'll bring my bike with me and then go hit a trail like right after or right before that, you know, do a little bathroom cleanup. And then, uh, you know what I mean? Like you just find the time. And then my kids, my kids got bit. My wife, you know, I met her in college and she was somehow majoring in like, Three art things at once. I'm like, how how does this even possible? Because like yeah. in business school, they don't let me take these classes until I, you know, you have like four thousand level classes. She's like taking like four thousand level art classes and like and like painting and stuff and writing. I'm like, well, what's your degree? She's like, I don't really know. I'm still trying to find it. So, <laughs> so she's like, she was an artist, and then my kids got bit. You know, somehow yeah. it's like that. You're either that or you're not and yeah. you know if you're an artist there's no way working in the cubicle or at a computer is going to be your thing no. and someone's going to pay you to do it so I, with my kids it's like whatever they want you'll find a path you know what i mean and you'll figure totally. out a way to to make a living at it and yeah so he my son is a jazz performance major and uh he's at like a local university here he's got us, get us gets us, his scholarship every semester you know and Nice. he's crushing it and he's gigging and he just got back from new orleans jazz festival where they played and he what? does a lot of private lessons that's his job um is like teaching private lessons and my daughter is like really into musical theater and acting and all that so she's uh in a in a show right now so it's like in two weeks it'll be her debut weekend so I'll, like i'll have stagecoach this weekend and then the weekend after is her debut nice <laughs> it's like hence that matrix of schedule you know where we're just trying to thread the needle and everything yeah that's awesome that's so cool i mean uh
1: and i didn't even know what i was gonna do i still don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> you know
0: like you just dude well, i'm doing what i'm 44 we don't yeah. we never know man you just find yeah. your way like it's i don't like i always, don't know what i'm gonna do
1: <laughs> yeah and i'm still so young but the podcast like that's
0: i'm not making money with it
1: but i love it you know it's just so fun to meet some awesome cool people like yourself and talk about things that i'm really interested in and yeah but um yeah i got a degree in psychology and i was like all right well now i'm gonna
0: get into the coffee business and uh ride my bike (laughs) hey man Look, I mean, it's like we've, and I think the problem with like our Western society is we value this idea of getting a college degree Mm -hmm. and I'm going to push my kids to get one. You know, like we've been saving for it and all that and my son's getting a degree, but he's getting a degree in music. So it's like, you know, um, I guess what I'm saying is there's like this template we feel like we have to abide by, like, okay, I have to go to college and then we have to, you know, to me, it's like, when I graduated high school, you know, everyone was just like, you have to go to college, right? Like that's, you have to, of course you have to go to college. And I think now, and I'm like, I barely use any of those tools. I guess, I guess the tools I use is the fact that I just had to slog through it. You know what I mean? Like that's the tool I use every day. It's like, well, I guess it teaches a work ethic. Um, But yeah, I mean, like there's so many uh, options available to kids and people these days where maybe college doesn't fit in that. I wish someone would have told me how, how, amazing, you know, the West was and exploring. And I could have taken like a few years to just go find, you know, myself and do outdoor activities. Uh, but that, you know, there's a lot of America. It's funny. Cause like these bike packing, like centric, ultra centric like podcasts and entertainment and all this, it's so Western centric because if you think about it, like there's a whole three quarters of the country that it's like completely different, you know, where it's very urban, where there's not a high accessibility to trails out there. You know, like I said, like I grew up in Texas where you think of like country and cows, but actually I grew up in the suburbs and there's like zero trails, you know? So it's like, we're super lucky. Um, And I think, I think like, I, I guess that's where I came from. Like I didn't realize like I could just take a couple of years to just figure stuff out and like maybe go hike, you know, or ride my bike you yeah. know, in the West or something. So we're super fortunate, but also uh, there's a lot of people that don't have that, that option. Right. Um, yeah. That accessibility. Yeah. And I think it, it's like,
1: and we also push right from when you graduate high school when you don't know what the hell you even like to do. <laughs> right into right into the whole step-by-step process of being the, right. the moneymaker. But it's like, Oh my God. Know, a lot of my friends, you know, like some of them, like, not like my close friends, but friends I went to college with, you know, they're, they're in a cubicle making a right. shit ton of money. But what? Yeah. but I don't for know. What, I, mean, you know? I, I just, I love, I love playing,
0: you know, like it's like this. Yep, That's, that's the thing. If you value, I think like I found a really cool wife and have a great family that values like experience over yep. like making money or like buying a bunch of shit, you know? Like yeah, yeah. 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 Like Besides we don't value five bikes <laughs> in the garage. Besides the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the part where I am super fortunate to afford that. Yeah. But, yeah. um, but yeah, well, I'm I mean, saying myself we, too, you know, like they're like, but that's what we value, right? Like, yeah, you, you're going to spend money on what you value. And like, maybe my house is like slightly falling down or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like I haven't mowed the yard exactly yet, but you know, but we, but that's okay. Cause like, you know, we're not going to Macy's to go buy, you know, a duvet. I don't even know what a duvet yeah. is, but it's like something people will spend money on.
1: Yeah. We went to <laughs> speaking of going to Macy's, we went to the Scottsdale mall just to do it. And, uh, <laughs> I right. saw this guy he was buying like twenty pairs of jeans. It was eight hundred dollars wow. worth of um aeropostle jeans. What do you I do with like, that many jeans? what do you we thought he was gonna go back and sell it because we were like yeah. there's no way, but that's like maybe that's what people like to do is just buy twenty pairs of jeans. but for me, it's like that's, that's a new wheel set yep yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly exactly. Uh, but it's just you know pick and choose your your battles. But uh, that's why they call us dirt bags because we look like we're homeless. But they don't realize like that bike is like ten thousand dollar bike. I know, and you've been saving. <laughs> but that our clothes forever. are falling apart. <laughs> yeah,
1: clothes are falling apart. I mean, I, I haven't got a haircut or shaved my face in you know two weeks. So, yeah. Yeah. but man, dude, it's it's the coolest thing in the world. But. um yeah, is there anything else you want to, you know, touch on before we we kick it? Cuz I think we've been rolling for
0: quite a while. I think I think that's it, man. I think just um all I would say is like yeah, uh for like a normal guy perspective, right? Like go out there if this is the type of obviously people are listening to this podcast because they love brushing it in some capacity, you know, physically, right? Like ultra running or hiking or riding and I would just say like you make the time and do the work, it'll pay off, you know, it, it, totally. it uh, pays off physically and mentally. And it's great to see, like have a goal and achieve it, you know? Yeah. And, and for those that are maybe, like I said earlier, maybe I I, I don't need to, re- I don't need to try to restate it, but like, yeah, I just want to inspire those like crap doesn't work in my body and it really sucks, but you know I found a way to to be active and and uh get out there and um explore my backyard I live in a really cool backyard but you know I think um the power of your mind is all I would say right like we 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 can overcome these adversities in our life you know and and maybe that's worth trying like if you've had some horrible things in your life you know maybe you can't ride a bike right like maybe you could walk down the street and back, you know, and look at the trees. Right. I think that's, I don't know. If I can inspire that, then that's all I can hope for.
1: Well, yeah, Greg, I mean, you, your story is phenomenal. And um, just your story with, you know, the condition you were, you were handed and what you're doing now with that I, it's, it's unbelievable. And I'm sure no one even realizes that you can't feel your feet right like it's so cool <laughs> right. and, and i think it can be a really cool way to look at like if it's not everyone has an excuse right everyone has a reason right. why they they don't want to get out there and whether it's on a bike or yeah going on that five ten minute walk with with your significant other um yeah it's all mental and you're just you're living it so dude i'm so yeah. so stoked that you got on the podcast and shared your story oh thanks for and having I'm, me absolutely and i'm bummed because i want to go into so much more with you which i think we are going to definitely have to get you on again to just dive into sure, yeah. all these topics you know i think like yeah. with a lot of these you just touch on like these really cool aspects and get into conversation but i really want to dive into a lot of these things a little bit deeper um let's do just it because i'm super curious um but yeah man well uh i'll definitely put your escape la in the podcast or in right. the show notes yeah yeah okay so, cool yeah so people escape can have LA, that yeah you so will just send that to me when
0: we're done so absolutely yeah i'll send that to you uh we just launched it like the idea of it so we're putting the website together and trying to okay. we have like our rules of no rules you know there Uh, i like that uh but you know we're just trying to figure out how to roll it out yeah we have a killer poster we had this uh artist out of uh um salt lake city do the poster for it it's like super cool i haven't i haven't put that out there yet i'm just trying to get some followers before we announce it just because i would like more than 10 people to show up if 10 people show up that's cool but uh
1: well well, even if it's not the website too i mean um even just throwing the well your instagram and then also absolutely la's instagram just so maybe some of the listeners on this episode can kind of shoot over and see give you some follows so you can have a
0: little more um, come give it a shot we want we want people to come out here and give it a shot it's some awesome trips.
1: i know i'm gonna maybe we're gonna make a trip out there that that would be (laughs) so sick Yeah. yeah let me know all right well cool well greg dude it was awesome awesome getting to talk to you um and we're we're just gonna have to wait for part two because this is this is uh, another conversation that we're gonna have to get into sounds good man sounds good all right dude much love
0: all right thanks a lot absolutely all right have a good one